0: you are listening to the 12 Days of Christmas, a special gift from Northwest Christian School to all of our families via Kingdom Culture Conversations, a podcast brought to you by Frameworks, a biblical worldview initiative of Northwest Christian.
1: Well, merry third day of Christmas. The third day of Christmas. Third day. We're not going to mess with our what bird it is because we made a <laughs> debacle of that uh, yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> um, but it is twelve sixteen, and 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 we get to go to Pure Heart Church. Pure Heart Church with Pastor Dan Steffen. Yeah, it's a, I, I, the, what I, little I know about Pure Heart, Mr. Collins goes there. I know Mrs. Gibson, Mr. Parsons.
0: Well, what I know too, I'm a data guy, and, mm-hmm. and one of the things I watch every year is the number of families that attend different churches. And I have watched over the course of the last five, six years, I have really watched the star rise at Pure Heart because yeah. it is, that church is growing, but yeah. it's also growing in terms of representation within our students and family community. it's yeah. It's been pretty pretty fun to watch. And, and I love the fact that it is growing because the way they do ministry, uh, really focusing in on, on the brokenness of people and that idea yeah. of just graceful acceptance, all are welcome. Well, Pure Heart does that. Well, Mr.
1: Brown, you and I both agree that if we left Northwest Christian School to leave, mm-hmm. would anybody care?
0: Yeah, that's would the question care? we have to ask yeah. every day.
1: Every day. And I know if Pure Heart left... there'd be an impact on that community there sure they are they have their thumbprint everywhere yeah so So
0: folks if you're if you're not plugged into a community if you're not plugged into a a church uh pure heart would be an amazing church and you're going to get a sense of that today as uh the the sermon series that the pure heart congregation is enjoying in the month of december is called sky full of stars Mm. and the the particular message that you're going to hear today from Dan, or at least a snippet from it yeah. is called, what am I called to do? This is good stuff, Love folks. It. Enjoy purpose.
2: It. Raging around us in the storm that we're going through, we're going to miss the blessings that God's producing in the midst of the storm. How about I've got problems versus God's got provision for me. That's a big deal right there. Instead of focusing on my problems, start focusing on God. You're the only one who can supply my need. You're the only one who can provide for my needs. Or how about this one? What I don't have versus what I do have. You see, we're not gonna shine very brightly if all we're focused on is what we don't have versus what God has already given to us. A great pastor growing up, my my pastor when I was growing up as a teenager used to always say, where the focus goes, the energy flows. So here's a big question. Here's a big question. What did Joseph focus on? What was his focus? Now this is tough. It's really tough because Joseph is a good man. And actually we see in the end, he does the right thing. Um, And honestly, he's actually acting rightly according to the law, according to the Torah as a good Jewish man would do. Joseph could have had, listen to this. He could have had a public trial to determine the cause of Mary's pregnancy. And a public trial would have consisted of, was she raped? Was she seduced by another man? Was she pregnant prior to the engagement? There would have been a huge public trial to figure out what happened to Mary. And he preferred to act in a way that would avoid an open scandal. Now, here's the deal. Joseph is a good man. I mean, I would say 99% of what Joseph did was right on track. But here was the slight subtle little moment of focus that was a little off center from what God would want for our lives. And here it is. We're going to wrestle. We all wrestle with this one. Joseph's focus was reputation. Reputation. In the gospel of Matthew chapter one, verse 19, remember his response. Joseph, her fiance was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. See, one of the most dangerous questions we can ask in life that impacts our impact and our journey with God is simply this. What will people think? Oh my goodness. How much of your life is dominated by what will people think? The fear of what people think Think keeps us from what God wants for our life. It keeps us from sharing our faith with other people. What would they think? It keeps us from speaking the truth. Oh my goodness, not politically correct. What will they think? Obeying God's call in my in my life. Oh, what will they think? People say statements like, You can't do that. Why do you do that? What were you thinking? That's crazy. All those statements make us shrink back, pull back from what God wants us to do. It keeps us from God's best and his grand adventure for our life, which brings us to an obvious next question. So what did Mary focus on? What was her focus? And the answer for me, and this is why she's the brightest star in today's story. She outshines Joseph just a little bit in this story. Is because Mary's focus was on a word that we don't like. Oh my goodness. We don't like this word. It's a powerful word, but it's a word that makes us recoil a little bit. We pull back from this word. It's the word submission come on, just say that with me. Submission. That's a difficult word, especially for us as Americans. We don't like submission. We don't like to give in, give up, to surrender, all right? No, we want what we want, and we want it now. Remember Mary's response, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary says, I am the Lord, say it with me, servant, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary says, may everything you have said, the whole overshadowing piece, becoming pregnant outside of wedlock, may that whole thing, may that all happen to me. As she said about me, come true. May everything you have said about me come true. Knowing very well, this could be the end of her life. And Mary still says, okay, Gabriel, I'm God's servant. Whatever you say, I hope it all comes true in my life. Total submission, total surrender to God Most High. See, here's a definition of submission. It's the action of yielding to a superior force. It has the idea of humility and meekness. See, when God says, do this, we must say, yes, God, may your will be done in my life. But that's not always easy for us, because sometimes God's word calls us to go a different direction than our own heart wants to go. Sometimes that inner voice, the Holy Spirit speaking to us softly, nudging us in a certain direction, seems the opposite of where we want to go. You want me to be generous, but no, I need. You want me to forgive? No, I want revenge. You want me to love? Well, they haven't loved me in return. And we wrestle with submission to God's call in our life. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says about this idea. Hebrews chapter 12. I was studying this this week, and I really enjoyed this passage. I want to share it with you. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1, says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially, this is my favorite part, the sin that so easily trips us Uh, what he's saying is this. Sin equals rebellion. Rebellion is the opposite of submission. Like, throw off that sin. Throw off that rebellion against God, because it trips you up in life. And he's also, as the writer of Hebrews is saying, you're like the light of the world, folks. People are stargazing, looking for bright lights, this great cloud of witnesses. They're looking to see how your life is going to shine. And we think to ourselves, but how? Man, shining in this broken, dark world is not easy at times. It's so hard at times. And this is so good. He goes on verse two. It's almost like the writer of Hebrews said, I'm glad you asked that question. And he says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the brightest light of all. We do this by focusing on the brightest light of all Jesus himself. He goes on, this gets even better. He goes on, he says, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He's saying we focus on Jesus, Jesus, the one who can perfect, and he's a beginner and the end of our story of faith. And I love what he says next. He says, because of the joy awaiting him, talking about Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Say that word with me, shame. What he's saying is simply this, shame. Jesus focused on us, not on his reputation. Because it was said, anyone hung on a tree was cursed. It was a disgrace, it was a dishonor, and Jesus shunned that, he pushed that away because he loved us, he focused on us, he focused on shining brightly for us because he loved us, not on a reputation. He disregarded his reputation. He emptied himself of all of his deity, became a man, died on a cross for us. That's powerful, that's beautiful. And this part is so good, it goes on. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. He's saying this, keep your focus on him, not on them. Not on the stuff that's going around you and the things that people are saying. Focus on his light and you won't flame out. Amen, come on.